Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. We continue our series. This is the second installment of a five-week series. We don't do a lot of series here at Villas Grace Church. The reason being is we like to preach through books of the Bible, verse by verse, that is known as expository preaching. That is our aim. We like to take the Bible in its entire context and preach God's Word so there is no sidestepping any issues. This prevents us from maybe picking our favorite little hobby horses to preach from. No, we will handle all of God's Word. There are things in God's Word that are hard for us to hear personally, but also there are things in God's Word that are very difficult for society, for modern-day culture to accept. But nevertheless, we are in a five-week series before we start our next book of the Bible, and it is titled, Parables from Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we turn our attention now to our second part of worship this morning, as we proclaim your word, Lord, I just pray that we can all allow your Holy Spirit to convict us of your truth. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. What you see before you is what is known as a soil profile. And it's basically general in a sense. It's only showing the three general areas and layers of soil. The top soil is just that. It is on the top. Then you have the subsoil right below the top soil. And below the subsoil is the bedrock. So topsoil subsoil, bedrock. And the longevity of a building relies on its foundation. We know that, right? So if you're going to design a foundation for a building, you better know something. You better know a thing or two about soil. You better know the difference between topsoil, subsoil, and especially you better know something, depending on how tall your structure is going to be, you better know something about the bedrock. Because a foundation, after all, has many functions. It acts as a wick to moisture. It insulates and resists the earth's movements because we know that the earth does move. Your home's foundation is supported by footers. Not everybody's home, but most homes are supported by what is known as footers. These are concrete reinforced rebar poured into an excavated trench. And this is what develops the foundation. These footers should be at least a couple feet below the topsoil. So you better know that you have gone past the topsoil into the subsoil if you are going to put footers in for a foundation of a home. Now, skyscrapers are just a little bit different. Skyscrapers are tall. Skyscrapers are massive. The Willis Tower in Chicago used to be the world's tallest building. Not anymore. There are many buildings taller. But let's just take the Willis Tower, for example. It is 100 feet into the ground. That's right. 100 feet down below with 114 reinforced what is known as caissons that are drilled into the bedrock. See, in order to build this tower so tall or any skyscraper, these caissons need to be drilled so far deep, sometimes hundreds of feet, down into 
the bedrock because that is where it is most stable so it can do everything that we just said a foundation should do. Brothers and sisters, I, I believe with all this being said about a foundation and a building and a structure, it is safe for us to say the higher the building, the firmer the foundation must be. Nevertheless, all structures require a solid foundation, whether it's high or one story, but it must be built upon solid rock. That's really the point that we're getting to. That's the point that we're driving right here, right now. All foundations should be built upon solid rock. Church, we, that's right, all of us, as a structure of righteousness, we require the same. We are the bride of Christ, and we require the same. And this moves us into the title of our sermon this morning. The title for today's sermon is this, The Wise and Foolish Builders. The Wise and Foolish Builders. We're going to be in the book of Matthew today, Matthew chapter 7. If you want to turn in your Bibles, if you brought your Bible with you, if not, no worries. We will have all the verses on the screen for you this morning. But before we get into Matthew 7, we must remember that Pastor Jared did a magnificent job of kicking us off last week in this sermon series, Parables from Jesus. He preached from the parable of the four soils. We were encouraged in that sermon to fruitful, be fruitful or we become fruitful when our hearts are ready to receive truth from the source. If you didn't take anything else away from Pastor Jared's sermon, it should be just that. We are fruitful when we are ready to hear the truth from the source, that source being Jesus. Oftentimes we become a source unto ourselves, and that's very dangerous. Today we're going to be comparing life and destruction. That's right. That's why we're talking about foundations, and that's why we're talking about buildings. We're comparing life against destruction. We're comparing the wise and the foolish. Ultimately, we are going to be hearing from Jesus himself. If you have your Bible with you, there's a good chance that the words that we're going to be reading today from God's word will be in the red print, meaning that Jesus spoke these very words himself. It's all about righteousness and how it's achieved by being obedient to his truth. So with not any more being said, let's go ahead and get into this text this morning, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Amen. As we look at these four verses this morning, we're going to go ahead and put them into this one simple sentence. And that sentence states this. Salvation is built on a foundation of obedience. That's right. 
Salvation, your eternal salvation is built upon a foundation of obedience. Now, this that you're looking at right now is a glimpse of the devastation from Hurricane Andrew in 1992. Some of you lived here in South Florida. You do remember Hurricane Andrew. It just smacked Miami, came right across, and then we got some of the remnants of it, but not quite as bad as what you see here in the Miami-Dade County area. See, thousands of homes were destroyed in that area. Thousands of homes. You're seeing an image of just complete devastation. In this area, it looked just like this one, but there was one home that remained standing in an area where every other home had been decimated. And a reporter came to the man that owned the home and asked him a question and said, how come your house stood, but all these other homes are leveled to the ground? This man said this. I'm just going to read his direct response. He said, I built this house myself. I also built it according to the Florida State Building Code. When the code called for two-by-six roof trusses, I used two-by-six roof trusses. I was told that a house built according to the code could withstand a hurricane. And it did. Fortunately, this man obeyed Florida's building code. Very fortunate for him that it did. Brothers and sisters, Jesus has asked us to build our lives on a solid foundation. Those who obey are like, as it says in our text today, a wise man who built his house on the rock. And we see this starting with verses 24 and 25. And we always need to remember something. How does verse 24 start off? It starts off with therefore. So when we see a therefore in scripture, we always ask the question, what is the therefore, therefore? Well, it's there because it's due to the coming judgment that Jesus has already described. Let's go back a few verses, not going to be on the screen, but this is what Jesus said right before verse 24. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says this. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, Mark what Jesus says. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Remember our main idea. Salvation is built on a foundation of obedience, right? It's not good enough to just know about Jesus. That's what he's saying. It does you absolutely no good to just know that Jesus died for your sins, that doesn't cut the mustard. We must know Him. See, Jesus goes on to say in verse 24, listen to this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. D.L. Moody says this, Our great problem of trafficking in unlived truth. We try to communicate what we've never experienced on 
are in our own lives. I like what Harry Ironside had to say as well. He sums it up even better. He says, if lips and life do not agree, the testimony will not amount to much. Those who know Jesus stand firm upon caissons drilled into the bedrock because, of course, Jesus himself is the rock. It's important that we build our house on the rock. In life, it will rain on your parade, so get over it. But when it does rain on your parade in life, what's your foundation? Are you built upon the rock? In life, the streams of guilt and anxiety will rise in an attempt to drown you. So when the streams rise and the guilt floods in and anxiety sets in, who is your rock? What is your foundation built upon? In life, an attempt is being made to blow you out like candles in the wind. When the wind blows in your life, who is your rock? Philippians 1.29 says this, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. See, it does us absolutely no good to just know about Jesus. And to know Him intimately is to suffer like Him. See, that word to know throughout Scripture means an intimate type of relationship. See, we can't forget that Adam came to know Eve and then Eve conceived. That's how intimate this relationship is. We must grow in the Lord. The ladies on the retreat with what we heard, the report back this morning that Pastor Jared shared from the ladies, one of the lines was, we grew in the Lord. We spent time this weekend, we took time out of our busy lives to grow in Christ. It's amazing though, isn't it? It's amazing all the things that we prioritize, thinking that it's far more important when really it's not. We all do it. I know all of you pretty well. I see you do it. Sometimes I scratch my head thinking like, you'll show up here, but you don't show up there. Hmm, makes me wonder. But that's what this is all about. We encourage each other to come to know the Lord together. That's why we know grow and go. If we aren't growing, then why are we even coming together? But when we do come together and we encourage one another, we can go and share the gospel, the good news, that in which saves people for all of eternity. That So we can ask the question, who is your bedrock? When we meet somebody, we can ask that question eternally, who is this person's bedrock? Do they know the Lord? So who's your foundation? Will you find yourself standing upon when the day of judgment arrives? Because remember what Jesus said just before these verses. Who are we going to be standing upon when that day of judgment arrives? Take, for example, this aerial photo really quick. 
This is a photo of Japan's second largest airport. It's Kansai International, and it's actually sinking into the ocean as we speak. See, they did projections when they built this airport, and they had it projected to only sink so much every 50 years. And what the engineers did was, instead of finding you know, a solid bedrock to build this artificial island on, because you know, Japan has a land issue, they're landlocked as they are an island, they decided to use hydraulic lifts or jacks to prop up this airport. Well, unfortunately, this airport isn't going to meet its 50-year expectation. In fact, within the first six years of this airport's construction, it already had exceeded the 50-year expectation. I would say that they have a problem, don't they? Well, their problem is they didn't have a proper foundation. Brothers and sisters, we may never be engineers on this level. I, don't, I, I mean, maybe one of us someday, but I would assume that most of us will never engineer the foundation of an airport on this magnitude, but the foundation we choose to build our lives upon is crucial because, after all, this airport's not going to make it anyway. According to Scripture, we know what happens in the end to this world, so this airport's fate has already been sealed, but our fate is something different. If we choose to build upon the solid rock of Jesus, we know that our eternal salvation is secure. And we understand this from verses 26 and 27. After all, Jesus has said that what? The wise man built his house on the rock. And that rock is Jesus. That's why I can stand up here in confidence. Because we're preaching Christ and Him crucified. So if Jesus is the rock, then we need to ask that question. And we know that it was kind of posed a little bit in our hymn this morning, the solid rock. But the question is, if we know that Jesus is the rock, then who is the sand? Who is the sand? Well, according to Scripture, the sand is us. That makes me ask some questions about myself. Am I building my foundation based on me, on my efforts, what I can do? my achievements? Am I setting goals for myself? Or am I building a foundation based upon Jesus as the rock, one that's going to last? See, we can get a buy for some time building upon our own foundation. We can, we can, we can get by for a while. But I can guarantee you this. I don't know how long you individually could get by building on the sand. For some of us, it could be instantaneous disaster. For some of us, we could go 50, 60, 70 years and, and look like we're seemingly successful at doing so. But I can guarantee this. If you build your foundation upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ, you will last for all of eternity. That is a guarantee. Brothers and sisters, we are being held personally responsible. 
See, we, we mentioned earlier that we like expository preaching and teaching. Trust me, we love it so much so that I'm trying to do a topical sermon and I can't. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount that we've all heard about before. See, we need to go back now even a few more verses. Now keep in mind that we're being held personally responsible because in the same chapter, in verses 13 and 14, Jesus says this, he says, Enter by the narrow gate. See, what Jesus is setting up is this. He's saying... The path that leads to destruction is wide. The gate is wide. But enter by the narrow gate. I think the problem with Western culture and society is this. People assume that they're saved because they go to church every Sunday. They assume that they're saved because they give money to the church. They assume that they're saved because they may volunteer in the church. They're just doing what everybody else is doing. But Jesus is saying, no, that's the wide gate. You can be involved in the church all you want, but if you do not know me personally, individually, the same type of intimacy that we know that the Bible preaches on when it uses the word to know, like when Adam came to know Eve and she conceived, Jesus is saying, enter by the narrow gate. See, the gate has to be narrow. It's like a turnstile. You see that in, you know, skyscrapers, especially like Willis Tower, the one that we mentioned from the outset. You know how a turnstile is. It's one at a time. Jesus wants to be in a personal relationship with you. And we need to be so obedient that we're willing to allow his spirit to guide us consistently each and every time to him. But that relationship begins and starts with us by first entering the narrow gate. That gate leads to life. That gate will lead to an everlasting life. You want to build your house on the sand. You want to create your own little kingdom. You can do what everybody else is doing because they're all going through the wide gate. You don't need a narrow gate to let a lot of people in. You need a wide gate, don't you? But if you want to have a personal, individual relationship with somebody, you make sure that they come through one by one. Jesus loves you so much that the creator of this entire universe has made it so that you have to individually come to him and he has made sure that he's willing to give you the time to allow each and every one of us that have a saving faith in him to obediently go through the narrow gate. See, the foolish man who built his house on the sand is foolish because he's secure thinking that he knows Jesus when really he's not. And this is about Knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus, that's the dichotomy. That is the difference. It is simply, like we said earlier, not good enough to simply know about Christ. We must know him. We must be in a relationship with him. And that is something that is individual with us and Jesus and us and Jesus alone personally and individually. But I will share this with you. I mentioned earlier, I know most of you very well. I hope you know me very well. But my encouragement by most of you, 
a vast majority of you is that you encourage me to continually go back to Jesus. That's what we do as a church. We encourage one another. We do this collectively even though our relationship with Christ is individually. See, one of our other problems is we claim to know Jesus, but then we justify our sin. And I get it. I get it. And a lot of times you'll see this with parents. A parent will stand up with a strong conviction. Yeah, abortion. I'm against that. That's a sin. It violates one of God's Ten Commandments. Homosexuality is a sin. The Bible, clearly, Romans 1. And you can add to the list whatever you want to add. All sin is equal. No sin is greater than another sin. But see, what happens is you can be convicted by it until maybe you you have children and, and your son turns up gay or your daughter or son participates in an abortion and all of a sudden you change your stance. See, we have to stand firm upon our convictions. We can't just justify our sin. When we are in a relationship with Christ individually, His Spirit works on us. His Spirit convicts us. And I don't take any of this lightly. And especially with some of the, the, the examples I just shared. In fact, I just went past the abortion clinic this week and actually stopped and talked to two people because the, the individual sign caught me. And one man was a Christian, the other lady was an atheist, she was in support of pro-life, the other man was against it, and his sign said, love will end abortion. So I just rolled up and asked both of them, I said, hey brother, I, I, I know that you're a brother in Christ, I'm a believer too, first and foremost, I understand, this is my stance on this particular subject that you're out here protesting against, but I just want to say one thing and ask you one question. And the other lady heard, and I said, how will love end abortion? And he paused for a moment, and she chimed up and goes, yeah, that's a really good question. See, the reason why I asked that question is because it's not about love. Love doesn't win out in the end. There's nowhere in Scripture that tells us that love wins, but Scripture is saturated in this one fact. God's holiness wins. God's holiness will end abortion. So, The reason why I'm sharing this is to say this. When you have a personal, individual relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you realize that you, on your own, building your own foundation on the sand, is the opposite of God's holiness. And you realize that you need Jesus. We're all in the same boat. Not one of us needs Jesus more than the other sitting here in this room this morning. the foolish man who built his house on the sand. So as Hallie comes up and joins me, brothers and sisters, let's just simplify this. Those who build their house upon the rock put the words of Jesus into practice. And that's really what this is all about. Those who put the words of Jesus into practice have entered by the narrow gate. Those who put the words of Jesus into practice are ready for the rain and are ready for the streams to rise and are ready for the winds. 
not only in life now, but for when Jesus returns in judgment. This is all about salvation. Our salvation is contingent upon Jesus being the rock in our lives, us building our foundation upon Him as the rock. Brothers and, and sisters, who's your bedrock? If you are going to build a skyscraper for all of eternity, are you drilling your caissons down to the depths of Jesus Christ? Are you confident that He can sustain you for the rest of eternity? With that being said, just think about what Pastor Steve sang earlier. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. When we allow Him to be our rock, He is our righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, I stand all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. We are all in need of a firm foundation. And that foundation is Jesus. So as we close, I want to call Pastor Steve to come and, and just close us one more time. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand and the Lord will return when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne on Christ's solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand let's pray as we dismiss lord we just pray lord that every person here knows that solid ground the firm footing of which you've placed us on in jesus christ may we go from this place as testimony to that truth to the world that it surrounds us we pray in jesus name amen thank you for joining us today for more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.